Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Good afternoon, Brittany Bodie and Jamie Major. This is a little bit different podcast today. We have the three of us because we recognized we've recently gotten a lot of new listeners. So thank you to everyone who is subscribing. We really appreciate that. And we also realized that some of them have no clue um, who Brittany and I are, what our stories are, how FranPath was founded, or even sometimes what we do. They're just coming across episodes and we're about 80 episodes or so in and it can be a challenge for people to go back and fish in there to see exactly who we are and what we're doing. So we thought that we would have Jamie, our consultant on our team, interview us today and really get to the meat and potatoes of who we are, what we do, and a lot of other things about franchising. So Jamie or Barbara Walters or Keith Morrison or whoever you want to be today, put your hat on and become the interviewer. Let's do this. This will be fun. Thanks for having me here. It's um, been a privilege for me to to get to know you guys on a personal note, on a professional note. Brittany and I go back many, many years now and in the stories that I get from both of you and learning your experience in franchising and, and the connections. It's just a fun. It's a blast. So to share that with the listeners and to recap, that'll be great here. Yeah, we're so excited. So thanks for being here. We appreciate it. This will be fun. Brittany, why don't we start with you? You have a history from basically from diapers and franchising. So can you share with us what got you started, how you got started and, and carry us from diapers to adulthood? Of course. Yeah, I'm happy to. So you're right. I Most people fall into it later in life and I was kind of born into it. My mom co-founded a franchise brand when I was a baby. So I grew up in her office and got to see the impact that they had in working with franchisees. And that was exciting to be a part of. I was a teenager when I went to the first annual conference for the brand that she co-founded, got to see the awards dinner, see franchisees get on stage and celebrate their success. And I think that was the pivotal moment for me that kind of gave me that itch to want to be in franchising myself. Um, I worked in the restaurant franchise industry as a kid. I grew up in a beach tourism town moved into management in college, management and corporate training after college. That was a great experience to manage your peers in your 20s, but I knew I didn't want to be in the restaurant business long-term. So I left that, took a short break in franchising um, in outside sales, and that led me to my husband. So best career move in a way. And it also taught me that I love franchising. I wasn't passionate about selling elevators. So we relocated to Atlanta where my husband is from and I moved into franchise sales. That was the perfect fit for me. I like a sales role, um, selling people something that they genuinely need that's a value add. And I really enjoy franchising. So I worked for two organizations and sold franchise opportunities uh, for seven and a half years. The second one was at the number one franchise sales organization in North America. And that's where I met Sam. Um, so I'll kick it over to her. But the other thing that I would say is, you know, we've made investments ourselves into franchise opportunities on our team. All three of us have. So I think it's not only something that we talk about on how it can 
impact change for others, but something that has changed the lives of our families too. That's awesome. It's no secret that you two, to anybody, in, it's, it's no secret to anybody in the franchising industry that you two ladies are powerhouses in this entire industry and have made a name for yourself. And, yeah. it, it, and for you, Brett, it started from diapers. That's awesome. <laughs> Sam, Thank can you. you fill us in on your side? Yeah. So prior to meeting Brittany at Franchise Fastlane, I had started in franchising very early on in brick and mortar nutrition, which sounds like a dinosaur farm now. But, you know, in 2009, 2010, it was the only way to get supplements. It was an industry that was totally not as inundated as it is right now. And so I was there at a company called Complete Nutrition for a long time, worked with the franchisor, worked with franchisees, and truly loved it. You know, really got an idea that franchisees are business owners. I think a lot of times you think of them as employees of the franchisor. There's some stigmas around being a franchisee. And so got the opportunity to really see things close up there. And then through that, I ended up at Franchise Fastlane because the founder, one of the founders of Complete Nutrition had founded Franchise Fastlane. Brittany and I instantly connected there as, you know, some of the only women on the team when we started, there were very few women. There were not that many women in franchising, which I'm super proud to say about five years later now is completely different, which is amazing. The industry has really grown and is much more inclusive now. And we started talking as friends and really just started going through all of the things that, that we would want to do. And one of them was work together long-term. And that's kind of where FranPath was born. Every business starts with an idea. So who approached who with the idea first and said, let's do this? You know, maybe me. I think we both had different reasons on kind of what our why was. And I think I got serious about it one night. Honestly, I was out with my husband we went to have drinks at Crowbar, which is a grocery store that has a bar in it. So we went and had a glass of wine before we went to dinner. And I texted Sam while we were sitting there and just said, I know we've kind of talked about we should do something. And whatever it was that week that we had wrapped up, I was feeling like we can do this. We should do this. We should start a business together. And franchise consulting just felt like the right thing. My mom has been telling me for years to be a franchise consultant. She's said to me over and over again for at least the last five years, you should be a consultant. And I think the driver for me in my professional career really was twofold. But the primary driver, I felt like I was at a ceiling. I think when you're really great at sales, you kind of get pigeonholed sometimes into a sales role because you're having great success, you're exceeding your goals, you're making great money. But for me, it wasn't about the money anymore. I didn't feel fulfilled. I have a real passion for training and mentoring people. I want to see people get to the next level. That's what fulfills me. And I wasn't able to do that in the role. I wanted to build process as we all joke about me. I love process. I wanted to build process and systems and train people and just help people in a different light than I was able to And I felt like I hit that ceiling. And in order to have some of those elements, I needed to be an entrepreneur. That's fantastic. Sam, who's your driving force behind you to go out on your own and give you the motivation and encouragement to, 
to, to, to take a leap? I think, it, I mean, it's probably my family was the driving force for me. I was a road warrior. We were doing, you know, 30 flights a year. And one thing that, you know, a lot of people don't know about me is I live between California and Madison, Wisconsin. So I'm in San Diego and then I'm in Madison. So I'm already taking flights for my personal life because my husband's career um, keeps him in Southern California part of the time and as well as his daughter. And so I was really running on fumes a lot of the times. And I thought it was great that I was always upgraded to a first class seat until I realized that that's because I am spending more time on an airplane than I even am in my own vehicle. So it started to get pretty bonkers. And as your kids grow up, you are missing more things of substance. When kids are little, it's cute, it's adorable, there's lots of fun stuff that you're doing, but they really notice if you're not in the stands at a game. They really start to notice if you're missing a play. And the other piece of that was I wanted to own my time to do those things, but also I was noticing with my candidates that I would be talking to them and I would also be hearing things like, you know, I just wanted something that really lit my world on fire that I could be passionate about. And I would be thinking to myself, I am representing a dumpster attached to a porta potty. <laughs> like, I don't know that this is sparking passion in the hearts of masses. You know, you don't grow up and, and want to own a porta potty company. And so I think that seeing those things, I knew, okay, well, as I'm talking to you, I know of other businesses that I think would be a great fit for the things that you're telling me about your family and your lifestyle. And so naturally, I would sometimes reach out to consultants and say, hey, I don't think they're going to be a fit for this business. Have you ever thought about showing them this? And I would have multiple consultants be like, thank you so much. That That's a great idea. I'll do that. And in the meantime, I was thinking, I should really be doing what you're doing. And, you know, brought me to Brittany because, Jamie, you know this about me. I need processes. I need someone to hold me accountable for just about anything. And, you know, it's definitely we're kind of that perfect yin and yang because I could talk to people all day, every day, but I would probably be out of legal compliance in some way, shape, or form. The IRS would call me and arrest me because I would forget to file my taxes because I'm just having too much fun on the phone talking to people or growing our team and doing those types of things. So Brittany and I really do have kind of a perfect partnership there. That is great. And yes, we do pick on Miss Bodie for being the system and the process behind the scenes, but and you hold us all accountable and, and it's certainly appreciated as much as we do pick on you. But what is your... Brittany, what's your motivation to create the detailed systematic processes that you have put in place here that we all follow, we all adhere to? And why do you think it's also important for clients to follow a process like that in order to evaluate the right business for their in inevitable success and outcome? So I have to give a lot of credit here, honestly, to my husband. So my husband trained me in my first sales role and my husband is extremely detail oriented and builds a really great process. He's a sales trainer now because he's just good at creating great process. And I think it shows why he's able to drive such great results. So he kind of started me on the, you've got to have great systems and process some of it's genetics. My dad is that way. Um, so a little bit of it is just who I was when I was born. 
And then as I went through my franchise development career and I went to work for my first boss, Scott Thompson, I, I realized that I wanted to add more value. And the way I felt I could do that was adding systems and process. This is back when nothing was really in a computer. We didn't really have a CRM. So I created these color coded folders for him and had checklists for him before he was just writing on the back of vanilla folders. And so I wanted to create process there. And then we eventually got a CRM and then I helped us build out a mapping software. And so it was fun for me to just continue to build new process. And then as I grew into my next position at Franchise Fastlane, where I met Sam, they had a great process. And because I was so early on, I was employee number three, I did get to have a part of seeing how that process evolved. And I think the reason that I'm so passionate about it is at the end of the day, we want to help as many people as possible become entrepreneurs. And I think the best way to do that is to help them feel confident in their decision-making process. When someone moves forward with a franchise, I want them to feel incredible about the business. And it can be overwhelming as you look at business opportunities. We've all done it. It can be overwhelming. But when you have a great process, they're getting bite-sized nuggets of information so that way they get the details they need in a methodical laid out process that helps them make that well-educated decision. So that's why I love process. And then why we've built our process the way we have at FranPath Consulting, it's to mirror the process that the great franchisors have. So when we're teeing you up for this is how your first call will go, you know exactly what to expect walking in, you're prepared. We prepare people to have the experience be great and be everything that they need. We just want people to get what they need out of the process. Sam, what do you think out of the process that we have and the franchisors have, what do you think is the most critical element uh, and the most critical step? I think they're all critical. To be very frank with you, I, I think they're all critical because every single one of them gives an individual taste of what the franchisor wants them to know at the right time. And then our job is to coach inside of that. But validation is massive because, and by validation, I mean two different types. You're speaking to franchisees in the system. That's huge. They don't have a dog in the fight. They're willing to tell you hey, the marketing with this brand is not as what we thought it would be. We really wish that they had better digital marketing or, you know, the sales center that they have, they're not closing at the rate that we had anticipated. Well, okay, can you stomach that? Is that something that you can handle? Or is that going to be the deal killer for you? Also, financial qualification, I think is huge. And financials are a big deal. We never want to have a client who falls in love with the business and then finds out they're not financially qualified to have that business. That could be devastating. And we really want our clients to understand the full financial picture early on, work with the funding specialist to formulate a plan, typically before they even have locked in on a business. Because if you don't know what you can afford, if you don't know how you would like to fund, finding a business that's ideal is virtually impossible. So with those two things, the validation, 
working with existing franchisees and the franchisor and leadership team, and also funding, working with a true funding specialist. And right now, if you have zoned out, tune back in. Do not go to Wells Fargo. Do not call your local credit union. These folks are fantastic, no doubt about it, but they are not franchise lenders. These franchise lending specialists, depending on the type of loan you want, depending on the business you're looking at, they have multiple, multiple lenders in their portfolio that they can shop that loan around to, and they are going to get you the best rates. They're going to get you approved much more quickly and much more often. And then you're not going to wait to fund for nine months to a year. If I told you every time that I have a nightmare scenario with funding, it always involves a massive bank or a bank that doesn't typically deal in franchise lending. So that's a jump off my soapbox. But those are the two most important things that I would say in process as candidates go through that, that are so vital to choosing the right franchise. No doubt. And I would add to it more than anything, my advice always is just trust the process, lean into it. I think the average person that we're speaking with is that director, VP, C-suite executive, or already a serial entrepreneur, right? They've climbed the ranks in some way, shape, or form. And I think the natural gut instinct when you're making a financial investment is to immediately want to know the numbers. You're going to get to the numbers. They've built the process for a reason. I also want people to think about the intangibles. Do you like the culture? Do you like the team? Does the business make you feel good? It's got to give you some warm and fuzzies, even if it's trash and toilets. So I always just tell people, whether you're a process person or not, lean into the process because it will certainly help you get the information that you need to make a well-educated decision. No doubt. The funding and the financials is always a fear and it should be a fear and it's a reasonable fear for clients and people making big investments. But what do you see as some of the other fears that are common right now with our clients and, and, and walk through how we help them get through that and coach them through it? You know, I think the big one that we hear while we're on the, you know, the money track is a recession. And I would say for the last year and a half, that's been consistent conversation. So that's something that we hear. But what I tell people with that is, you know, there will always be ebbs and flows in the economy and there will always be businesses. So we tend to lean in when there are conversations of a recession or we're in a recession or anything about a recession, lean into things that are recession resistant. There are business opportunities that, you know, mother nature doesn't care what's going on in our economy. So if you get a flood or fire damage or something, those things have to be taken care of and insurance has to pay. So that's one concern that I hear. You know, the other is personnel. I think the reality is COVID changed our world. And I think employment and staffing can be challenging. But, you know, Jamie, we were talking the other day. You have a phenomenal team. You just opened your second franchise and you've been able to find really good people that you're excited about. We've just added to our team and have added a fantastic consultant. They are out there at all levels. So you only need a small team. And most of the businesses our clients look at, 
you know how to hire, you know how to manage typically when you're at a certain level in your career. Good people are out there. May take a little bit longer, may have to sift through a few more resumes, but there are great people out there that want good opportunities. So those are the two primary that I'm hearing is just how do you identify people and you know, should I invest in business in a recession right now? Good people attract other good people and, and culture matters. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to treat good people like good people. A lot of times people have all of this fear surrounding hiring different types of people than they're used to in their day job. And then they manage them differently, treat them differently. But my experience is that if you set up expectations and you hold people to those expectations, then people are people. They will respond to that or they won't. And it doesn't matter if you're employing therapists or pest control applicators. If you have good people, they come in every single package. So that definitely makes a difference too. And, you know, I, I always point that out to folks because I hear so many of our clients initially maybe thinking they don't know how to manage certain groups of people just because they never have. But people are people always. Sam, on that aspect of people are people, what what advice do you give for um, a prospective investor in franchising? Maybe the guy or gal that's stuck in the corporate rut. They're what I call the corporate refugee. What advice do you give them? They may be scared to engage. They they're they're intimidated by the unknown. Speak to them. Yeah. Well, I think there's two groups there, right? So there are the folks that are already they're in the C-suite position. They are, they're not upset. They're not discontented there. They like their life. They like their job. They like the security. They certainly like the paycheck and the stock sharing and all of those things. And they're not ready to leave. And that's okay. You don't have to leave that position to start investing in franchising. That is the main misconception there. Now, I had a client who worked for a bank that had had a, a major situation and he invested in a business last summer. That client has never been so grateful that he had started another investment because if you would have asked him in May of 2022, if his job was safe with a bank that he had worked for for 11 years that he had moved up the ranks in, he would have told you he was going nowhere, that the next step for him was an ex he was moving from SVP to C-suite. That was exactly where he was headed and nothing could have stopped him. And then his entire division was completely eliminated. And instead of it being a cliff and feeling like he was going to absolutely drop off of that, it was a speed bump. All right, I'm already generating income. I have this business. I'm just going to move into that a year ahead of schedule. And now I'm going to devote my time and take my skill set, take the show on the road to my own business. And that's exactly what he did. Because corporate America is always considered to be the safe place and we're, you know, that's where you go and you are going to have that. Guess what? That's not safe at all. That company, if they have to downsize, it becomes names and numbers on a list at some point in time. And I remember my dad told me when I was leaving one of my very first jobs, I was very stressed out and I couldn't get my head wrapped around it. And he said, put your, put your hand in a bucket of water and take it out. That's how much they're going to think about you when you're gone. It's not even a dent. They're going to have somebody else. If you died tomorrow, would they close for your funeral? 
Well, no. All right. Move along. It's not, it's, it's part of life. And so I think our clients just kind of thinking about it as the safe direction, a lot of times building something on your own that can't quit you, that's, that's the safe direction, certainly. And then the other group of folks is the corporate refugees that, that you mentioned. Those people that are on a severance package that have been let go from corporate America that are deciding, am I going to go back in? Am I going to take another, am I going to take another shot here for my last five years of work? Do I want to start something? To those people, I would say, explore your options. Look at a business that can be ran in 10 to 20 hours a week. So if you do get an amazing offer in corporate America, you can go back and you can hire a manager. That's what you've been doing your whole career is hiring people, training people, building people up. Do that for yourself. And then if you want one more round in corporate America, go for it. If you want to bet the farm and, and stay there and you're loving what you're doing day to day, then you have that option too. But I don't think corporate America ever was the safe option. I think that's just the story we tell ourselves. I agree. Franchising is a great opportunity for these individuals to, to venture into and just explore. Brittany, where do you see the franchising industry headed? That's a great question. Um, I think the beautiful thing about franchising is it's not going anywhere. There's well over 3,000, maybe 4,000 franchise brands out there. So I know that franchising will still be here, but there's a few things that I think. I think that you're going to see more people continue to make investments at different parts in their career. You know, Sam talked earlier about how we're seeing more women in franchising. And to me, we're seeing more women invest. We're seeing more couples invest. We're seeing the younger generation invest. I've had mostly millennials this year. Um, so I really see that franchising from a, a investor standpoint is gonna continue to evolve the other side of things and what do we see in terms of trends in the industry there are services that will never be replaced by amazon so i think there will be brands that will always withstand the test of time but on the other side there are brands that haven't even been created yet a dumpster attached to a porta potty if you had told <laughs> sam that seven years ago she would have thought you were crazy a mental health franchise that didn't exist so i think the beautiful thing about franchising is the sky's the limit. New things will be invented, but I think new generations are making these investments. And then there are franchise opportunities that will always withstand the test of time. Do you, Brittany, do you see common indicators of what you would consider the more elite franchises? So you see a lot of franchises coming and going. Um, what are some of the characteristics that you see as the elite franchises? I would say from an elite perspective, it's brands that have support. Um, those are the brands in my mind that are elite. So they typically have integrated systems and support. Franchisees are buying into franchise systems for value. They want systems and support. They don't want to reinvent the wheel. They're not the ideas guy. So I think franchisors that are put into a different level of an elite category have everything in-house and integrated. Maybe they have a call center. They have digital marketing in-house. They have a recruiting department. They have everything baked in-house. So that way it's a little bit more of that business in the box. 
and more turnkey for franchisees. In my mind, that's what sets great franchisors apart. And then on the other side is culture. You know, we work with people because of who they are, um, sometimes even more than what they do. And to us, we spend a lot of time meeting with leaders and founders and breaking bread and shaking hands because I think the franchisors that are in that bucket really give a shit about their franchisees. And I think that is what sets them apart. They actually care. 100%. Leadership, leadership, leadership. Who is behind that brand? What is their vision? What is their mission? What is their strategy? Who is driving the bus? That's huge. I agree. Sam, what's your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? Said it once, I'll say it again. It's the people. You cannot beat the entrepreneur spirit, entrepreneurial spirit in the United States or anywhere for that matter. But we work with fantastic people. We work with fantastic franchisors. We work with fantastic franchise development people, consultants on our team, consultants not on our team. But most importantly, our clients are amazing. They are doing something that so many people talk about doing their whole lives and never do. And that is going out on their own and starting a business. And it's just really magical. There's a lot of magic every day in watching people do what they didn't think that was possible. And, and really, and, and I'll be really honest with you, there are some days where I pinch myself because I didn't know that this was possible for Brittany and I to go out and do this and create this. And we say a lot to each other, we're so ahead of plan. We're so ahead of plan. And that's because we have so many fantastic entrepreneurs throughout the United States that are just so excited to really do this and get started and create their own future. And we have, we have now a team of consultants and, and marketing and administrative folks that are also so excited to help those people achieve those dreams. And so at the end of the day, it's people, people, people. And it's because Brittany beats us over the head with her process and her systems. Well, yeah, because I couldn't talk to people if Brittany didn't have a process. I'd be like, hello, how are you? What is the conversation today? When is the last time we talked? I don't have a CRM. What are we doing here? So I, I would be able to tell you the dog's names or kids' names and how long they've been married to their wife. But without Brittany's process, I don't know if I'd ever get them in front of brands. So great. Oh, Brittany, we love you. What's the... Brittany, what's your compelling reason for being in franchising in, 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 in the space? You know, so if you had asked me this as a kid being raised in franchising, I wouldn't have a real answer for that. But it's funny. My mom found kind of diaries of mine a few years ago and shared them with me. And even in my diaries, you know, as a kid at, you know, your kid's age, right? Nine, 10, 11, I was writing about my mom, the super. She's not a nurse or a doctor, but she definitely is helping people. My parents didn't come from much, and my mom was able to retire in her late 40s, something that she never thought she'd be able to do. It absolutely changed my life. So honestly, Sam, for me, it's the same thing. It's about people. The life that my parents were able to build for me, being entrepreneurs, my dad was an entrepreneur as well. 
that is my why is just helping more people create this dream for themselves and their families. That's fantastic. What, um, Brett, let's stay with you for a second. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? We ask this question to all of our guests. And so yep. it is something that I've said a lot and I thought a lot about. And my parents definitely are mentors to me. But this one, I would have to say, comes from my dad. My dad is a huge proponent of do what you love and the money will follow. And so he's always given me the support that I need. Both my parents have, but he really made me believe that it was okay to take a step back in order to take two steps forward. So there have been multiple times in my career that I've taken a pay cut or a title cut. And while that can be a little scary, that has helped propel me so much further in my career so do what you love. The money will follow. It's okay to take two steps back or a step back in order to take two steps forward. Those are the two things that sit with me. That resonates a lot with a lot of our clients too, because sometimes stepping out of the corporate world and, and going out on your own can feel like a step back, but that resonates a lot, Brittany. Thank you. Sam, what is the best advice you have received? I think in all of the former podcasts, I have given the same advice from my dad, and I think I will change it this time to something just a little bit different. Um, I was reading, I was reading a book by Gabby Bernstein, and she's you know a lot about manifesting things that you want and and just kind of really being honest with yourself. And she says you want to create certainty while leaving room for uncertainty. And when I think about that, what I think of is we've created a lot of certainty for ourselves. I have certainty that I will never wake up and be fired. I have created certainty in my life that I have followed my calling, that I will always be able to help people. There are things I'm incredibly certain of. And I will leave room for uncertainty. The uncertainty for us in, in taking this jump was we didn't know how long we weren't going to get paid. Um, the uncertainty is I didn't know if anyone would want to work with us. I believed they would. I really thought that that was that we had a compelling reason to work with us. But you don't you don't know. And there's a lot of uncertainty in being an entrepreneur. And I'm open to it. I'm ready for it. I accept it. Because I know with certainty, I can handle it and we'll end up on top. And, and I believe that to my core. And, and of that, I'm, I'm, I'm certain. That's fantastic. Thank you. For the listeners that may or may not be in the franchising industry, I mean, these two ladies are powerhouses. They've, they've come into the consulting world with a sledgehammer and set the tone, raised the bar. Um, not only in the consulting side, but the general franchising industry. It's a privilege to know you. It's a privilege to work with you. It's a privilege to learn from you. It's also a privilege to see other people that aren't in our group also follow your lead and learn from you. It's um, You guys are awesome. So congratulations to you both. Thanks for all the work you do. Thanks for the leadership you provide. Thanks for making franchising better. Thanks for being badass women in, the, in this space and um, taking the time to have a good conversation today. Well, thank you, Jamie, for taking time. And you are no schlub yourself, my friend. So if 
what Brittany and I said does not resonate with you, guess what? We have two other people you can talk to on our team. If we are not your cup of tea or your shot of whiskey, there are other people at Frampath that you can work with. So thanks, baby, for for working with us today and for taking the time to interview us. Gosh, we appreciate you. Good times. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate you. And I'm so glad that you reached back out to connect with us and, and now that you've joined our team. So thanks again. Talk soon. Thank you. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.